Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Albert Einstein. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Assault Forward Podcast. Do you give a shit or not? This is Season 1, Episode 21. I'm your host, Joe Himpleman, joined by my Assault Forward co-founder, Josh Mendoza. Josh, how you doing, brother? Hey, pretty good. All right, so we've had a good series going here on lessons learned from the military, business, and entrepreneurship for life. We've talked about a lot of different topics from commander's intent to focusing on the target in front of you today and not worrying what's coming too far away. We've talked about the importance of dress right dress and being organized and how that helps you run your business in an efficient manner. But today we wanted to talk about the military procedure of after action reviews and how we are very intentional about taking a moment to pause after an action, after a training exercise, even after a combat engagement and talking about what went right, what went wrong, what we can fix or improve for the next time the same or a similar situation occurs and how that helps the military uh, get better with each thing we you know participate in. We don't want to just stay the same, right? You always want to seek continuous improvement, which I identify very strongly with as a, as a personal and corporate ethos that continuous improvement, we should never be satisfied staying in the same place, running in place. I, I, I much prefer to run outside versus on the treadmill just because I feel like I'm going somewhere, right? We're, we're achieving something, you know? And so the, the after action review or AAR, as it's often referred to in the army, uh, you know, how does that incorporate into business or into entrepreneurship after you've left active duty? And, and how can you take that and, and apply those lessons and that, that, you know, that habit of taking a moment to step back from what has just occurred, reflecting on it, analyzing it. Um, you know, I know Josh, you know, oftentimes to, to start the conversation with the AAR, cause of course, you know, when you, when you gather everyone, you say, okay, let's talk about what just happened. People are, are hesitant to start the conversation. So you always say, all right, give me, give me two ups, two downs, you know, two good things that occurred and the two things that, that have room for improvement. Let's, let's use those as a starting point of our discussion. Um, you know, what, what has been some of your experiences in utilizing after action reviews and how does that help you really get better for the next time? Yeah. So, I'll, you know, as far as my time in the military, it, it started early on, you know, from basic training, uh, you know, officer training, your, your basic course, all those things. It, it's, it, you see it a lot more in, you know, the, the training aspect of the military where you, you go through a training module, you know, whatever it may be, but training in general. And then always at the end is, is the AAR. So what, what did we do? Well, what didn't we do well? So that way, the next time when you do that training, it's, it's better for you if you're still at that unit and it's better for the, the soldiers that are going to take that training in the future. And, you know, it's, it's, it's in everything. Um, you know, uh, like when we deployed, you go on a mission, Hey, what, what went well, what didn't go well? Cause, uh, you know, specific experience, uh, the first time I deployed was on a military transition team. So we were working with the Iraqi army in Baghdad. And that's what that whole mission was, was how are we going to make these guys better? So, and there are cultural differences, which obviously, you know, they are not the American army. And we had to realize that, you know, the, the U S army is 
a well-oiled fighting machine and, you know, Iraq, that, that, that's something they can strive for, you know, cause I know one big thing that we were, we were, um, pushing was the, the usage of their, their NCO core. They, they didn't use them. They, you know, everything was officer based. It was kind of the, the WASTA, like I've got the power, I've got all this, these supplies and money and, and, you know, I'm going to hold it up at the, the division level and not push it down to the brigade or the battalion. And, you know, the, the soldiers or the Jundi that are fighting at the, the front lines, they've kind of got scraps, you know, they're piecemeal uniform and body armor and AK 47s and those things. So, you know, we would have those discussions and show them the way we would do it in the American army. Um, you know, that after action review, go on a mission, Hey, this is what you guys did. Well, this is what you didn't do well. Um, and that, that translate in, into business, you know, so same with us. We, like you said, we're always looking to improve our foxhole, our fighting position, make things better. So when we started assault forward, you know, we had, we had the idea in October, Shaw gave me a call said, Hey, I have this idea. You know, we've said it time and time again on previous episodes, well, we can't do it. Just two of us. We need Joe because, you know, his marketing expertise and help, help build the brand. And then constantly like, well, what can we do? What can we do better? You know, it's constantly, well, we'll do, you know, the, the lapel pin to start and then listen to our customers and whatever feedback we got from them. And then even, even with the lapel pin, so like a, I would say a specific lesson learned in assault with assault forward were our cufflinks, right? So those initial orders that we sent, they were the, the reverse American flag. So when you put that on your left and right cuff, it it's, you're looking like you've got, you know, the right cufflink on your left, you know? So that was some customer feedback. We learned that lesson and said, well, yeah, it would be better if we actually had each cufflink facing the direction the, the, the field of stars was supposed to be. So we made that improvement and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of our better selling products, you know, for weddings and, and things like that. So we're, we're constantly looking at and using the, the AAR process to, to improve the business and just life in general. Yeah. So, you know, I hear you talking about your experience with the Iraqi army and training a little bit. And I think what, what that, reminds me of is that, you know, you do have a standard operating procedure or an SOP in place that, you know, informs how you are going to execute the task at hand, whether it's a training exercise or a combat mission, you you have a certain set of procedures in place that you are desiring to follow, <laughs> at least until you get punched in the mouth, as uh, we used, uh, I think we've used that Mike Tyson quote previously, you know, that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And then, you know, the enemy gets a vote and, you know, things you have to adjust and adapt and overcome. But you go into it with an expectation of how you want your unit, your individual troops to behave, to act, to execute their assigned tasks, whether it's a four-man stack and you're about to do, you know, a, a close quarter battle or a clearing of a room. How do you stack on that door? Who covers what sectors of fire? How do you make sure that everybody executes those tasks, right? But things happen. And so after you have gone through whatever you've gone through, um, you know, how do you take that? How important is it to take that time to reflect? I think the answer is, is it's absolutely critical because you can always do better, even if it's a small change. Like, you know, who, when we had contact, who was responsible for lowering the ramp on the MRAP so that we could dismount troops and close with and destroy the enemy or capture the enemy or whatever it was, you know? And if we were just looking at each other instead of saying, hey, you know that if this happens, it's on you or, you know, same, same thing with other things. Whose responsibility is it to provide 
X to Y or whatever the situation may be. And I think in business, that's no different. If you have a standard task that your business does over and over again, because that's what your business does, whether it's starting a new account, what's the setup process look like, whether it's a delivery, you know, and this is how we deliver our product or service, whether it's having meetings in a certain way, you know, especially during this pandemic, we're all taking advantage of new technologies. And I know we've tried a lot of different platforms. We've had Google Hangouts, we've had Microsoft Teams, we've had Zoom meetings, we've had standard conference calls over you know, on the phone. Which platform has worked best for us and are you willing to adapt and change and try new technologies as they come about? And so taking a moment to say, you know, that platform didn't necessarily meet our needs for that meeting because I wasn't able to smoothly share slides or I couldn't hear everybody or I couldn't see everybody, whatever it was, you know. And so you set out with a certain SOP, you execute the, the task, and then you have to take that moment to reflect and go back and say, what worked, what didn't work, and how can we do better next time? So I think the the way that the military has ingrained in us the importance of after action reviews. And as entrepreneurs, like you said, it's it's endless. You know, have we have we taken a look to improve our packaging? And it's not only, I mean, our our I guess foremost in our minds is always the customer experience. Is it how is things for the customer? Have we made things as smooth as possible for the customer? And do they think look and feel and deliver an exceptional experience if somebody makes the investment of one of our products from a salt forward? But I think we're also looking at our own efficiency, right? We had, you know, we first started with boxes, plain boxes, right? And we had to figure out how do we, we want to brand them to know, so they know the package is coming from us. What does that look like? Well, maybe instead of clear packing tape, we buy packing tape that has our logo on it and we can use that tape. And we said, okay, well, that was, we did that for a while. And then we said, okay, that was uh, a little bit, but now what about a custom printed box? And what's the cost comparison? If we're putting a logo sticker and a made in the USA sticker on every box we send out, and that has a cost plus the packaging versus more expensive than a plain box, but less expensive than a box plus two stickers plus custom tape, <laughs> you know, could we buy a custom printed box? And what does that look like? You know, and does that deliver a better look and feel for our business and customer experience? So seeking continuous improvement is a is a great thing to strive for. Never being satisfied that things are going okay and they can't possibly get any better. And we should just keep doing what we've doing or that's the way we've always done it here. And other things that just drive me nuts when you hear them in business. Uh, but then, you know, taking a look and pausing and saying what's worked, what didn't work and what can we do better for the next time so that when we use up our existing resources of boxes, what do we reorder to make it better for the next time? And what what other things can we do better? What What's a more efficient way for us to meet? What's a more efficient or better customer experience or end result for my unit if we execute the task this way and things like that? Yeah, that's... um that's that's the biggest key i think with with the after action review or lessons learned is before you start something you have to look at what you've done before because what's the sense of writing you know sustains and improvements on on um training or a process if you don't go back and look at it so uh, you know an example that sticks out in my mind was you know like i said just previously i was on a transition team and when we were doing that training they would show us lessons learned and it would, it would just be, you know, we're reading through it and it's like, 
you know, the, the counterinsurgency environment that we were operating in in Baghdad was identical to what Vietnam era veterans were, you know, experienced. So it was, it was much of the same that, you know, if you took out the location, but you read some of the things that were happening with the insurgency, it was, you know, night and day. So here we are decades later fighting a, a counterinsurgency and reading those events that happened in Vietnam was real helpful on how to advise a foreign army. Cause typically that's a, a special forces task, the foreign internal defense, that FID mission. And then you have, you know, regular army guys like me that are doing this crash course in 90 days at Fort Riley and then being mashed together with a variety of other MOSs to go over and basically advise this battalion sized element there, you know, there were brigade and division and national police transition teams and whatnot, but I, I was on, on the battalion level. And then even while we were there, that mission changed where they were pulling battalion level trainers out and putting them at the brigade level. Cause as we were progressing and making the Iraqi army, uh, you know, a, a independent fighting force, you know, putting them in the front as their country they were defending. We were in the shadows kind of, you know, giving them the advice that they needed to. Um, and then uh, there was an example that I was going to talk about what tied to assault forward, but it's slipping my mind right now. Um, well, let me, let me ask you this question. So as a commander, as a leader, as a, as a business person, you know, how important is you, it for you when you're doing an after action review? Is it is it the commander going into his office, shutting the door and having a few quiet moments to write down his reflections? Or is it bringing in the lowest level uh, that participated in that action and getting feedback from, you know, the 360 review, if you will, and getting everybody's perspective on what worked and what didn't work? Yeah, it's everybody. It's that that the team effort, you know, because everyone has their perspective from the lowest level, like, hey, this is how I saw things to the, the most senior level because they have the influence that they can make those changes. And if, you know, you, you never really disregard anybody's voice, especially when you're trying to improve a process, you know, cause if you go into the manufacturing world with, um, you know, Toyota and their, their Kaizen process of like anybody can, Hey, I see a, an inefficiency in the process. So let me, let me chime in. And I know Amazon is a big proponent of that where anybody, you know, in, in the, in the, the warehouse can say, Hey, this is what I noticed. Like these boxes don't ship well downstream. All right, well, let's change it. And then next thing you know, they're saving millions of dollars through all their fulfillment centers. So it's, it's much, much the same, you know, we, we, um, as a salt forward, which makes us, um, pretty diverse. And we, we learn from each other, you know, you've, you've got the marketing background, Shaw's finance, I'm more on the ops. So we have these brainstorming session round Robin of things that we've seen that, that, that's another, um, huge part of lessons learned because um throughout our careers you know going to see different organizations and how they operate you can take those processes or efficiencies to that new company and say well i'm not sure you know that's not really a good idea this is how we we did it you know in a previous life or another company and implement it in yours and the next thing you know you look like a rock star because you brought this great idea because you've seen you know other ideas that and and you know, efficiencies, lessons learned that that will help improve that constant improvement. So because I, I remember um, early on in my military career, there was an NCO that, you know, he, he always said, if you find yourself standing around, find a job, well, no matter what it is, find a job, go find something to do, because it's that that, you know, perfectionism, that constant like, hey, what can I do to make things better? You know, and, and sometimes 
you know, you don't want to be neurotic where it's like, oh, I got to get it perfect because then we get into second and third order effects of analysis paralysis and things like that where, okay, hey, this is pretty good. Like, let's move forward. And then, you know, you implement the lessons learned process as you're going through it. So I think, I mean, so going back to the AR though, this, you know, the intent is to provide a structured format to debriefing, you know, to deconstructing an action, to really looking at, you know, to, to clearly compare what was, what did we intend to happen? You know, we intended to go to the range at, at 0700, which means we were intending to draw weapons at 0600, which means we intended to have first formation at 530. And, you know, we were going to, everybody was going to, you know, do, you know, basic marksmanship qualification. And we intended X, Y, and Z results that, you know, 90% of soldiers would qualify on their first go through and that 10% remedial training or whatever, whatever. And we'd get weapons clean and we'd be back. We'd be done by this. You know, that's what we intended to happen. And then here's what did happen. So intentions versus actual, you know, outcomes and, and results. So that's what we're, what we're laying out. So, so I guess when you're analyzing it, we're looking at what happened, why it happened and how it can be done better for the next time we have to go to the range or the next time we have to start a new account or the next time Amazon has to ship a million packages or the next time Toyota has to build a new vehicle. So all of that matters because if you go back to the quote that we opened this week's episode with, you know, the definition of insanity, according to Einstein, would be doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So if you do not take the time to reflect and analyze what happened and do that after action review, down to the lowest level, like you said, it's a team effort, bringing in all participants that were involved in the action and getting their perspective that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have worn slippers because I didn't get any grip and I wasn't able to run versus wearing combat boots, whatever silly perspective that an individual has at the lowest level, because they did something or did did not do something that they think would be better for the next time. And then the next guy says, well, we really needed this you know, maybe instead of a 50 cal, we needed a Mark 19 because we were clearing an area and an area fire weapon would have been better than that. Or, you know, at the highest level, the commander says, you know what, four trucks was good, but five would have been optimal because of the egress routes that the enemy took off the objective. If we would have had that fifth element, we could have blocked all egress routes and really you know, decimated the enemy, whatever it is that you're looking at. Now, thinking of the enemy's egress routes and having a fifth truck is not something that the private who's only concerned with his small task that leads, you know, obviously every task is critical to the greater mission success, but his job, you know, that sergeant said, private, your job is to lay here and cover from 12 to three with your M4. And that is your sector of fire. And don't let anybody get in or out of the objective from this corner of this building. That's your job. He's not worried about the higher element perspective, but you know, you need his feedback so that you can inform every level of the organization and every level of the unit, you know, operating. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, like we said, you know, it's every level. So he could see something, even though he is in that sector of fire, like, Hey, Sergeant, I noticed this. And then, you know, the wheels start turning and it's, you know, whatever, whatever he saw is a, is a lesson learned and, and an improvement for the next time. That way, everybody on your left and right, you know, can come home to their families. Definitely. So, you know, I guess one final point on, on AARs is the importance of having somebody lead the AAR. Um, doesn't have to be the commander, doesn't have to be the senior leader in the business unit, 
uh, but making sure that there is someone to facilitate the discussion. Um, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. You have AARs that either nobody wants to say anything, <laughs> they just want to get out of there, or it goes off the rails and you start talking about really things that were not directly tied to the mission, but are, are coming in from, from left field that, you know, yeah, they may be things that need to be improved, but they really have nothing to do with the task at hand and they're not going to help us do the thing better next time. So having somebody take charge of it and maybe somebody else is taking notes or somebody else is recording, but making sure that there is some sort of flow <laughs> to the after action review so that you lead the discussion in a, in a, positive and fruitful manner and that you do extract lessons learned for that for the sake of continuous improvement maybe for modification of your sops maybe for implementation of, of new things for the next time but making sure that somebody takes charge of it you know how, how important is that josh super important that that's the you know the, the difference what you were talking about it going off the rails that's that's what a a different process called the sensing session which everybody <laughs> you know, totally separate, totally separate yeah. their complaints to the right. commander and first sergeant or the, yeah. the command team to, yeah. to, you know, to say, but, but no, it is, it is vital. I think to any organization and those organizations that do um, conduct lessons learned, those are the ones that are, you know, operating in those, those peak performers. Cause I, I'd be interested to see, you know, the, the bigger companies like Grunt Style or Nine Line or Black Rifle Coffee Company, those guys are coming from the army like we are and have that background what their lessons learned, you know, like, Hey, why are we in the locations we're in or what makes sense? You know, why did we, we do whatever business decisions we made because of the lessons they learned along the way and, and from other people, you know, who have been in the space before them, you know, which we, we've done too, because by no means were we, you know, in the accessories and apparel business, you know, before we, we went down this venture, but, but you learn and, and, you know, we're learning things constantly, even, you know, through this like barcoding and, and, you know, that, that whole, you know, manufacturing and working with our suppliers and invoicing and, you know, relationship building and, you know, corporate customers and, you know, direct to consumer customers, all that stuff, you know, we, we had to teach ourselves and learn, but we also had the resources that we can go out and, and ask and have those conversations with, um, you know, cause they, they, you know, we're not the first guys to do this, obviously. So um, learning those lessons from the people that went before us is, is crucial, I think. And that's part of the reason why we're recording this podcast. If we can help the next group of veteran entrepreneurs cut the corner a little bit and take some of our lessons learned, our after action reviews, and we save them a little bit of time, a little bit of energy, a little bit of heading down the wrong path. Uh, we feel like that's one component of our give back mission is to help other veteran entrepreneurs succeed. Um, maybe a little bit faster than we did. Yeah, that's the best part about this ecosystem. The veteran ecosystem is that there are tons of people in almost three years that we've been in existence that out of the blue, just, Hey, can we have a conversation? You know, we kind of the skeptics that we are like, well, what's in it for them. And it's like, well, no, it's just, it's, you know, it's a good dude. Who's, you know, willing to, to share his lessons. So that way we're not going on the same pitfalls as, as they did. And it, it like you said, it, you know, cuts the corner and, and allows us to, be successful a little faster than, than they were. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's wrap it up on AARs, but let's dive into our veteran owned business of the week. Let's do it. All right, Josh, let's dive into our veteran owned business of the week. Now, as we've done before this week, we're not necessarily going to highlight an individual business, but talk about a 
nonprofit that supports veterans. And we really want to focus on Bunker Labs this week. If you've listened to the show, you've heard us talk about this organization before. Bunker Labs, founded by veterans, it's a nonprofit that their mission is to help the military connected community. So that's veterans, military spouses, and active duty service members find the quickest path to entrepreneurial success. And they do this in many different ways and in chapters all across our great nation. But we want to highlight one of their programs right now, which is called their Veterans in Residence Program. So in partnership with WeWork, they've created a six-month accelerator or incubator where they take military connected community entrepreneurs. So again, veterans, military spouses, active duty service members that may have started a business and in their chapters nationwide. And they're, I think they're over like 35 chapters now nationally, big cities and small, you know, places like Chicago, New York, LA, but also places like Des Moines, Louisville and other, you know, medium to smaller size cities. And you come in for six months with a cohort of other entrepreneurs. So people that are in the same boat as you that are going through the same struggles, hardships, successes, wins and losses as you are with some facilitators, some, some ambassadors, as they call them, that are in these cities that will help guide you on this journey for six months. Now, the partnership with WeWork is absolutely critical because you get office space that you can use for rent free for six months in one of these great WeWork buildings that has a lot of resources available. So you have dedicated office space, you have conference rooms you can use, you have common areas, you have all, all the amenities of a WeWork building you get to take advantage of for six months, as well as the guided and facilitated discussions with the city ambassadors and your fellow military connect community entrepreneurs that helps you take your business from, you know, zero to 100, or if you're already going 60, take it to 120, man. And really turn it up for six months of focused, dedicated push. It's called an accelerator for a reason, but they're going to connect you with resources. They're going to connect you with people and they're really going to help you take the next level. They don't take any equity. It's a totally free program to participate in. But the reason we want to talk about it this week is because applications are open right now through October 15th for the next program, the next cohort, which is 21 Alpha. And that cohort will run from January 1st to June 30th of 2021 in cities all across the country. So if you're a military connected community entrepreneur, veteran, active duty, or military spouse, and you want to take your business and drop it into this accelerator and see it run for six months, you got to apply. Go to bunkerlabs.org. Click on the Veterans in Residence program. I think there's a pop-up right now that comes up on the website. It talks about it. Check out the program. Check out if there's a city near you that would work for you and apply. And once you apply, it'll go into that local city's queue or decision-making. They're going to interview folks and they're going to pick that next cohort of members to join the tribe from January to June of 2021. So applications are now open for the Bunker Labs WeWork Veterans in Residence program. And if you've got a business, we would absolutely encourage you to join. Assault Forward from a personal story, we were a part of the Washington DC cohort in the fall of 2018. So 18 Bravo was our tribe. 
We worked with other veteran entrepreneurs in the Washington DC metro region. We've connected with so many great businesses and supporters of military owned businesses that it's just been a wonderful experience that has continued to pay dividends for years after our participation in the Veterans in Residence program. So again, check out bunkerlabs.org and that's our highlight on a veteran owned uh, or veteran founded nonprofit of the week, bunkerlabs.org Veterans in Residence program. Thanks everyone for listening to episode 21 of the Assault Forward podcast. If you're interested in learning more, you can always go back and listen to previous episodes. Josh, of course, they can find us online at assaultforward.us. And of course, everybody knows by now that we use the .us extension because we are 100% made in America. You can find us on all social media at assaultfwd, a little bit shorter handle than our website. So assaultfwd is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere else. Please subscribe and like to the podcast. It really helps us reach our fellow veterans and other patriotic Americans that want to support our mission. If you can drop a review, that also helps us uh, with the rankings on the podcast, make sure more listeners can find us. And as a special thank you, as always, if you use discount code AF podcast on our website, when you check out, you will take 15% off your order, any order. So you want to order a single lapel pin. You want to order the full set with cufflinks and tie clip as well. You want to order a hat, some socks, whatever it is, American made products from our 100% veteran owned and operated small business. And you will save 15% with discount code AF podcast. So until next week, please don't forget to bend your knees and wiggle your toes, drink water. We don't want anybody falling out. And until then, continue the assault forward.